ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our sermon series, Stories, where we will get to hear different testimonies from our church and learn how to share our own unique story of faith. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, we get a whole group here. We got uh, we got Sue, my mother-in-law. We got Ashley, and uh, we got Ivan, and we got Britt. Whoop, whoop. Hey! So we got I'm a back. whole uh, team together for That's the right. podcast. Um, but, you know, before we get started, I, I wanted to just uh, kind of kick it off. Uh, you know, Britt's very excited about this time uh, of year, and uh, it's the first week of, of what is it, Britt? Uh, I like how you use kick it off, uh-huh, too, right? Uh-huh, a little play is. on words. It's, yep. fo- it's the first Sunday of football oh, season, baby. Nice. Here are my dolphin gear. I'm ready to go. I'm so excited. Good. So, um, Dolphins, anybody have a team that they follow? Go Packers. Oh, okay. Come on. Sue, there you Sue's go. Got we got to see what Jordan Love can do. Orioles fan. Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would say that I get into the bike. The Orioles. Oh, okay. All right. So that's not football, but okay. uh-huh. <laughs> Ashley, do you even watch football? I don't. No, they're actually football. really good this no, year. I don't, I don't even know that. They're they're first in their division. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Baseball. Now we're on baseball. They're really good. All right. So we got that out of the way. Britt was begging for that question. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had a great sermon today, and uh, mm-hmm. we got to hear a little of Kyla's story, and obviously we got three members in the family here and uh, can give yes. a little bit different perspective of uh, how she went through that. But before mm-hmm. we get into that, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, he gave the sermon today, um, the prodigal son story. Uh, did any of you have any good takeaways from that? Uh, just listening to that story. We've all probably heard it before, but did anything resonate with you today about that? You, you guys are staring at me. <laughs> yeah, so actually before we started, Sue was pointing out that um, in biblical times, the, you know, the Jewish folk would have to earn their way back into the family. Mm-hmm. And um, so the difference between Christ coming with grace versus a works and a performance-based love, mm-hmm. I think it was really huge and, and it he really illuminated illuminated that in the story when I didn't I didn't really I've always kind of known that undertone but it was like just so clear mm-hmm. you know that this was there was no works he says while you were still yet afar off mm-hmm. he was waiting he was running to his son and it reminds me of what the scripture says uh, while we were still yet sinners Christ died for us mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know it, we weren't there it was him always him waiting. Yeah. to receive us. And I think as the body of Christ, as we emulate Christ, that's how it, it should be open arms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love yeah. how he said at the end too, he tied it back into like, if you're mm-hmm. far off, if you've fallen away, if you're going mm-hmm. through that time, Jesus is sitting on his eternal porch, right? I think yeah. is what Pastor Tom said, his eternal porch right. waiting, looking for you to come back, right. waiting for you to come back. And, and he's there no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, as soon as you make that decision, to come back, and he's there to run to you and meet yep. you right where you're at. Right. I thought that was a really beautiful, yeah, yeah, really beautiful illustration. And I loved how he talked about also the, you know, just like the shame. At the end of the message, he talked a lot about like, um, I think it was his challenge was like to not, don't be ashamed of somebody if you have somebody in your family that's, that is a prodigal in some way, you know, but that we should be proud that they're our, our child, they're, they're part of our family. And I think that that was something that, you know, you know, I think that can bring when somebody is is off the you know straight and narrow, it can bring shame to a family. And sometimes mm-hmm. we think that, and I think that um, 
yeah, to to know that God is bigger than that. God has grace for that person and that um, we have grace for them. Um, but yeah, to not feel that shame, I think was a good, yeah. good takeaway to me. Definitely. Say yeah. something on that? Yeah. It really impressed me today, the fact that this is our pastor and first lady and, and the family here and the fact that they come with this sort of support, this sort of example, showing the love of God, I think it is the best example that any church can, can promote and, and have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that's what, cause Kyla said that it was, it was sort of the, uh, I love you. I'm proud of you. That was the fuel for her to head towards Christ on the right path. Yeah. And, and kind of to be received and loved. Yeah. Uh, kind of relating the, the scripture to, you know, Kyla's story today. Um, you know, we see that in the, the scripture, like uh, pastor Tom said that traditionally they would have handled that you know, situation a lot differently. He wouldn't have put the the robe on him. He wouldn't have, you know, taken it back in. He would have to earn that. You know, there, there are certain things as, as we see in, you know, modern church that are uh, church norms that we kind of um, see that, you know, you really don't talk about anything in when it comes to, you know, addiction or rehab, especially if it's in like the family of the church, the pastor's daughter and everything, you know, that would be a type of church norm tradition. I feel like that, um, that, we're, we're seeing here today as, as not something that, you know, they're, they're going with. And so that's what it made me think of today where, you know, how can we as a church break those like kind of church norms of, you know, things that we're really not supposed to talk about or things that we're, you know, ashamed of. How do we break that cycle in the church? They exactly. They opened up the floodgates of healing. That's mm-hmm. right. For so mm-hmm. many people in this body. Exactly. I don't think there's anyone in this it house starts, exempt. If, if mm-hmm. they were the prodigal or it's someone mm-hmm. in their family. They mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes the church can look on the outside. Oh, these are just you know perfect people. They're not mm-hmm. you know sharing these these struggles, or they're they're hiding the the really you know difficult times in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how else how else can we can we do that? How can we spark that conversation about addiction and and rehab and just be you know more honest in the church? Does anything come to mind? I mean, you mentioned church norms, right? Well, here's something normal for you. We're all sinners. <laughs> Let's talk about it more. I think it's we've be, we've become accustomed to putting our, especially in the social media culture, of putting our best foot forward, putting mm-hmm. our best self mm-hmm. forward, and that's all people see. Mm-hmm. Even especially maybe on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. when it should be a place, right? I mean, Jesus said it. It's for mm-hmm. the sick. We're, we're sick, we, and we need to come here for healing. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's make it a church norm to talk about our struggles, to talk about our addictions, to talk about our stress, mm-hmm. our anxiety, our depression, our whatever it is we're going through, whatever the sin is, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about it so that we and all I, know we're in this together. Exactly. And I think that having, being part of groups is how you can, are able to achieve that. Absolutely. You cannot do that on a Sunday morning. Most times, you know, it's just too quick of a interaction that takes place sometimes. I mean, um, but ministry happens in those small groups where you can actually open up. And I think it takes leadership being a little vulnerable and mm-hmm. opening up because why, if yeah. I were coming to a church, why would I just like sit there and like start sharing my, you know, um, my, things that I am not mm-hmm. proud of with somebody that if I feel like they're perfect. And sometimes I think that people on the outside of the church world, um, just have this perception where judgment there, there's a judgment, there's like, there's a standard to which you have to, you know, follow. And, and so I feel like, um, yeah, we have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> we have to start yeah. talking to, we, as leaders. Um, it's just, and I think that, that that will breathe more conversations, openness. Right. And, 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 then, and then when you do, I'm so sorry, so you go. I was just going to say, if we can't do that in the church, where would we do it? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. church should be the safest place yeah. that yeah. we can be vulnerable and tell each other what we're going through Absolutely. and our struggles. And oftentimes, sometimes it's not that way. And, you know, then 
we shut down mm -hmm. and are, you know, we think poorly of mm -hmm. someone because they're going through something. I mean, wow, you know, that's, um, that just drives people away. So Definitely. I think being vulnerable and opening up and sharing mm -hmm. and, um, you know, God gives us trusted people and people we can go to and talk to and, um, we need to do that. Sometimes we want to hide everything just to ourselves and not, not share it with anybody. And that only makes it worse, right? right <laughs> it, yeah. it makes it because you're dealing with it on your own. Yeah. And then if it is exposed, it's mm -hmm. so much because you've been hiding this thing mm -hmm. from, from your church, from your family, whatever it is, instead of just saying, no, I've got this issue, mm -hmm. help me through it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then you have, I think that's what kind of breeds into this idea that the outside world loves to see a pastor or a church yeah, leader fall. For sure. Well, if we stopped hiding stuff, it, yeah. it, it would yeah. take that away. Mm -hmm. yeah. It takes the power away from the the, the downfall itself and says, mm -hmm. no, 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 we all fail. We all sin. And Jesus is walking us through it all of it. He, he loves us through it all. Mm -hmm. Just real fast to what Sue said, yeah. I, I think it is, is only, it is only the love of God that allows that to be fostered and to see the fruit and the healing and the redemption. I mean, I think that's the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. um, but Absolutely. when people know that there's a safe place, mm -hmm. that it's, I'm, they love me, then they'll come. But if that's not there, you're, you're not, what are you, you're already hurting. Mm -hmm. What are you going to go there and take more pain? You know, you're already beating yourself up and not valuing yourself. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't want to hear more of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that just having more of that transparency with these situations and bringing people together to, share is is something that you know i think hopefully will be a spark from these these stories these this uh, sermon series that we're in because we're getting to hear a little bit of from everybody in the church and um you know it makes you feel like oh i've i've heard that person's story i can go talk to them you know in the lobby or whatever and um it, it you know it creates that bridge there That's and what so actually was saying like with exactly. the small groups is you you build relationships with people and then mm -hmm. you know you develop intimacy with people where you allow yeah. them into your heart mm -hmm. yeah. and, and they allow you into their heart and you develop that to where you, you know, you feel safe Yeah, because you develop love. Definitely. It, I have a perfect example. When we launched our, our young adults group, the first group we had, we wanted to just do a little meet and greet. It ended up turning into this awesome night of everybody sharing their stories. Mm. And by the end of it, we're sitting in this group of 10, 12 mm -hmm. people I'm realizing, that, like, okay, I'm not the only person that's mm -hmm. lost my dad to cancer. Mm -hmm. Four of us in that group had wow. lost our parents wow. to cancer. That's Others crazy. dealt with wow. all these other crazy things. Mm -hmm. One young, I'm not going to, I'll leave it there. I'm not going to put anybody's yeah. business out mm -hmm. there. But it, it, it just, incredible to hear those stories. And, and the tone and mood in the room shifted from coming in this, like, kind of awkward meeting new people. Mm -hmm. By the end of it, we're all mm -hmm. hanging on each other's shoulders, yeah. hugging, crying, and, and can't wait for next week, you know. And it's just sharing those moments. And you realize, wow, we're not going through this alone. Right. There's a lot of people going through these for things. for me, like, I'm so private. Like, I never really talked to anybody about, like, I have close, only certainly like my mother, mm -hmm. my sisters. So, like, I keep things private. And I think that it's hard for me to just, like, open up things that I'm not proud honest. of and stuff that are things I'm struggling with. But having somebody that, like, openly shares, like, their part of their story or um, – is it just comes across like they are they're not perfect either like having this like creating that environment where like you can come in and I, I can sh share and and um I might not have done that on the first time but as as the time as time goes on I could see myself um you know possibly opening up in a greater way and I think that that takes you know for us as a church like having when you to answer your question like having resources available I think it's awesome that our church has 
addiction groups mm-hmm. and things Amen. that meet that we have resources. I think those are practical ways beyond just like loving them, you know, or yeah. praying for them. But like that is love. And, and I think that that, you know, I think that there's different ministry, like different, you know, things in our church that, that um, really help that need, which is, which is great. Definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, we got to uh, hear a little bit of, of Kyla's story today and, you know, it was, it was good to kind of, you know, have, have that, you know, she, she laid it out there and, you know, from, you know, Ashley, Sue and I's uh, perspective there, you know, obviously we had, um, you know, looking through that different lens as, as a family trying to support somebody going through, um, you know, addiction and um, rehab and all of that. Do you guys remember, um, you know, as Kyla was going through her darkest times, do you remember a time where you, you didn't know what to do or you just, you know, felt helpless? Was there anything that rings a bell for that? Yeah, there there are a lot of times, unfortunately. Um, I do remember uh, one day I received a call from Kyla, and, you know, we're in Melbourne. She's in New Smyrna, and she called, and she said, I'm in trouble. I'm going through something. Um, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I don't know what to do. And I said, said, well, where are you? And she says, I'm at my house. And I said, okay, where's Remy? And she says, she's at my house and I'm going outside right now. And I said, you're leaving Remy inside. And she's like, yeah, I'm going outside because I know I'm going to pass out and I don't want, she won't know what to do. If I'm outside, somebody might drive by and see me. Mm. And so I I was just like, okay, all right, I'm going to get you help. All of a sudden she went dead. There was, there was nobody on the other line and I'm yelling for her thinking, oh my goodness, she did pass out. And all I could hear were the birds chirping in the background. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God, please don't let her be dead. I prayed. I, I just, I, at that moment, I, I thought, maybe she died. And so right then and there, I hung up the phone. I called 911. And then I called some family that she has up there. And thankfully, they got to her. And she had passed out. And... Um, of course they took by ambulance, they took her to the hospital and, you know, you go through moments like that. And I know because people came up to me after church first service this morning, they're going through something similar. You know, it's like, it's hard because as family, you want to do anything and everything to help your child Mm -hmm. or a family member. And sometimes you feel so helpless and that's kind of the state we were in because as a family, we would talk We'd say, should we intervene? Should we do an intervention? Should we, you know, we we just, we were desperate to not do the wrong thing. And so, you know, like was mentioned this morning, we obviously did so much prayer. I cannot tell you how many nights in the middle of the night I'd wake up praying for her, praying that I'd hear a message on TV that I thought would speak right to her. And I thought if I could just get her to listen to that message Mm -hmm. or I was at the store and I saw a a magazine on addiction and how this person came through. And I thought, I'm going to buy the magazine. I'm just going to lay it out. Maybe Mm -hmm. she'll pick it up, you know, just little things like that. Um, Because Kyla was someone like, if we would try to address some hard things with her, she would just push away. Mm -hmm. And then we wouldn't, you know, she's a, she's a very outgoing person who will call me 10 times a day, but if you start to push her away, you won't hear from her. And I just, I didn't, didn't want that to happen. So, um, yeah, there, I'm sure Ashley, you had some moments. Oh yeah. I mean, there was lots of moments. It was, 
It was hard. Um, it was tough watching her speak in a way because it was just so, uh, it just kind of brought back all of those feelings that we had experienced. Um, yeah, I, I think that the pushing away happened a lot. I remember one time I took, you know, uh, I, we had, I took her out for her birthday. She came down to us. Um, and so we were like going to do something special for her birthday. And I thought like, this was my time at the end of like this birthday celebration. Like, I just like want to have a heart to heart. Cause I hadn't had one with her just alone. And I like opened up and I shared like, you know, Kyla's amazing. Like Kyla is smart. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. She's like incredibly, um, she's fun, funny. Like she's like the life of the party. She can get up. Like, she, I, we, I mean, anybody that knows Kyla loves Kyla. And I felt like there was a season where like, there was just anger inside of me, you know, like anger, like, why, like, why are you doing this to yourself and sadness and true frustration. But I remember she came down for the birthday. I was going to talk to her. I did. And like this at the end of the night, it was just me and her in the car. And I shared with her, like all this stuff that I had bottled up because I just saw her like, um, you know, just wasting away. Uh, and I shared it with her and she literally like took it. She went in the house and I, I literally, she stopped talking to me like for like, three to six months. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't hear, like this is a person I talked to like every day or right. like every few days. And so like she like ignored all of my calls and I just remember being like, okay, I'll never say anything ever again. And like I, I just felt like I didn't know what to do or how mm -hmm. to like approach it. Cause like I wanted to share, like you have more to all, like, like God has a call like on your life and you are, um, you know, you don't have to be bound by this chain anymore. And she couldn't, let, she couldn't let it go. And it really, um, it broke, I mean, I think it broke our mm -hmm. family it for did. a long time and we were all like kind of lost, right? But yeah. trying so hard at the same time, like all these ideas, what should we do? Yeah. We, we were trying to, to figure it out. We were trying to find the right course of action. And there was a, a long time where, you know, you just see a family member, maybe it's a friend just struggling and you want to see some type of action that is in the right direction. Like you want to say the right thing that's going to spark that, you know, step in the right direction, or you want to, you know, give them the resource that's going to spark that in the right direction. I remember we, uh, Avery and I were at like the point where like we were scared for, for Remy, her, her daughter. And we were like, mm -hmm. do we call DCF? Maybe that will be the spark that, you know, gets her to make a decision to start, you know, addressing this. And, um, you know, we, we didn't end up doing that thankfully and everything, but it was, it was in that time where as a family, we needed more, more resources. We needed more help. And, you know, it was, it was in that, that time that was, was just, yeah, that, that difficult time that, uh, that really just, just made it, made it seem like, you know, felt, made me feel helpless. Like we need, we needed more, more, more answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, what? love does, mm -hmm. you know, and, and love does pray. I don't think there's any regrets. You know, I mean, you you reached out. That's love. I mean, that's sometimes the hardest thing. Is like, I don't know what to do, but I I, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people in the past go, I don't believe anything you just said, but the fact that you showed up, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Right, My uncle exactly. one time, yeah, I called him a great skeptic. He's like, I'm still gonna do what I'm gonna do, but man, I really appreciate you taking the drive. Mm -hmm. Just showing that we care. I and, mean, when when you can't. Yeah. And Sue, do you remember writing out those those scriptures for for Kyla and rehab? What sparked you to to do that? Okay, so what's crazy mm -hmm. about that is, first of all, I I it, my happiest day was when Kyla called me and said, "I'm going to rehab. Mm -hmm. I'm going this afternoon at mm -hmm. 3 p.m." And I'm like, 
I just could not believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I it was so exciting for our whole family, mm-hmm. and um, so I think it was later that night we got a call that listen, I don't have anything. I need stuff, and if there's any way you could mail it to me and so I could get it in a few days, um, that would be great. So I hung up the phone, immediately called Ashley and Avery and, you know, the three of us all just put all kinds of stuff in mm-hmm. a big suitcase. It we was got so her nails. big. You got her nails, <laughs> you got important. her makeup, you got her fingernail polish. <laughs> right. uh-huh. I mean, just everything. And so I, all of a sudden, I, I'm just running around looking for stuff to that I can throw in this thing. And I see scriptures I had printed out for your baby's delivery. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and not all the deliveries I was able to go through scriptures, mm-hmm. but so I had these extra scriptures, and I'm looking at them, and I'm reading through them, and I'm like, these certainly apply. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give her these scriptures. And yeah. we were trying to put together a book, a journal, different yeah. things. And then I thought, I'm going to cut these scriptures up, and I need a box. I mm-hmm. wish I had a prayer box. I don't have a box. I'll just take any box. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I cut all these scriptures up and just put them in a box. I had no idea mm-hmm. that that – and because it was such a short time, I don't even know that I would have had time to go and look up scripture and yeah. print it off. Yeah. But they were right there, like, wow. you know. It, yeah. And so That's for so that cool. to be so impactful and for her to have other – people in rehab saying, mm-hmm. could I pull the scripture today? Mm-hmm. Could I read the scripture yeah. today? I mean, that's all God. Oh my God. That is so God. And um, that was just a really, really cool mm-hmm. story to, to hear. I feel like it was cool just hearing her story out of coming out of rehab, which she shared like so much of like how it was almost like God gave her the opportunity to help other people around her. Like mm-hmm. she was like, I think so blown away that like, our, like that you mom that you mm-hmm. actually like went through all that work to to create a basket for her and then like sure her hearing the families a lot of, the, a lot of the people that she was with mm-hmm. did not have families that mm-hmm. cared about them wow. and and supported them and and they were alone and so I think that she almost like used that as like a ministry right and it kind of stepped her up to that leadership already in rehab to like That's... um to minister to others and she kind of shared that this morning right. as well with the center point service. Being in there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that ministry? It's like yeah. that which God ministers to us. That's right. That's discipleship, right? Right. Saved us. Right. We sought the lost and saved us. Mm-hmm. And we continue in that. Line. You know, there's times I think we, when we walk away or if we've walked away, that we're reminded, things trigger us, things remind us of God and how important God has been in our life in times past. And I think. For Kyla, even when she went through all the struggling, um, there would be times she would call me and say, and this was before she ever went to rehab, um, I have a friend, will you pray for her? She's mm. going through this, or she you know, she lost her baby, or this, or that, whatever. Whatever mm-hmm. it was, Kyla was still, even though she wasn't actively walking her faith out, she it still was deep within mm-hmm. her. and. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very important for her to, if she saw somebody else in need, she, mm-hmm. she wanted to try and help and them. And it's, it's cool because it's like, you don't, it like just shows that like you don't have to be this or right. this certain level in order to help and, and minister to people in your faith, you know? Yeah. yeah I was actually just going to say, so she, I love mm-hmm. how, first of all, before she went into rehab, God got a hold of her. God, she noticed that she stopped thinking about herself. She started thinking about, she said it started with Remy. She started thinking about Remy and her future and what she was doing to Remy's And then she starts thinking about these future generations that right. this, what she's going through could affect. Mm-hmm. And so that opened up the door. That was God softening her heart, opening her mind. Right. She committed to the, to the rehab. 
And I love the Savior we serve that he didn't wait for her to be at a level, like you said. He said, no, 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 your ministry starts right right. here, right here in rehab. And she led this ministry for 28 days. Just how cool of a God. I feel like we get in this mindset of like, I've got to be here before I can do something or or I can't worship today because I just made this mistake yesterday or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And God's like, no, 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 now, Now. right now. I can use you now because it's not on your strength. It's on my strength. And so I I just think that is so cool. And that, that was so powerful. When she shared that part mm-hmm. about, I started thinking about Remy and mm-hmm. future generations, and I realized in that moment, my addiction was so selfish. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and she was like, "That wasn't me thinking; that was the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. moving me." And it's, that yeah. to me is like the, the fact that the Holy Spirit lived within. That's evidence of that because mm-hmm. I feel like when He's not giving you eyes to see, and ears to hear, and a heart that can feel, you can't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't see those others around you and why and the wisdom to go. No, I can't do this because this will destroy her life and. Mm-hmm. can't see that you know one other thing that um i was really amazed at how god just covered remy during that time so when you think about it she was at her mother's hip for you know yeah. three years just side by side with her um her mom was always there and then she kind of went to rehab for 28 days and wow. i thought okay and we had remy and i'm like God, please just, I, I know she's going to get homesick. I know she's going to get lonely. I know she's not going to understand. Just cover her. Mm. And, you know, because you think about what kids have to go through, and we, we don't even understand that. But I can say throughout those 21 days, we had a routine at my house. Tom and I had the same routine with her every day. And I know God covered her because mm. she, she didn't cry. She didn't say, where's my mom? When am I going to see wow. my mom? And it wasn't because... She, I, it was just Remy all God. Is super attached to her mom. So right. to say that is a big miracle yeah. in itself. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Huge, Huge covering. Because the fact that, you know, the kids are watching. Right. And they're watching you trust the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that foundation is solid. I'm sure that had to be a big part of why she was, you know, walking yeah. that out. Right. With yeah. Yeah. And another thing, you know, we've gotten through that, that period uh, in our family and in Kyla's life and everything. And I think, Another important thing to do is to help that person, you know, make steps to, you know, celebrate the the time that she's been away from that. Like she said today, she's been three years sober and everything. And so I know Sue always, you know, gives a big dinner at the house, like, at, you know, celebrating, um, you know, those milestones well, for, for her. Yeah, what's going and, on? Sue? <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, that was Ashley. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, no, I, I think that's important that as a church, as people that are supporting, you know, family members, friends going through this, that, you know, you, you help support them, get through that and celebrate those, those wins that they, that they've had. Um, and I think that's a good way that we can, you know, support as a community, as a church, uh, for those people that have, have struggled through that. Um, but as we kind of, uh, they, they closed out with the, the scripture from Philippians 1, 6, and I'm going to, I'm going to read it here. Um, Philippians 1, 6, uh, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Is there anything that came to mind to you? Uh, just reading that scripture, it, it, it was something that was important to, to Tom and, and Kyla there. Um, is there any takeaways from that scripture that you guys have? Don, you guys want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, David. Okay, so uh, for me, I when, when we get into this conversation, I, I like to get away from, you know, them or those people because we are those we are those people. And if it's not me now, it will be me at some point. 
you know, and later. So Tom pointed out again, you know, which I, I had a, a professor tell me about this. He's got a book called Position and Condition, and it deals with the fact that our position is we're seated in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. We are covered as blood. God sees us perfect, and that's the only reason we, why he can see us is because what Christ has done for us. He covered us in the blood. But our condition is we're walking this thing out, the sanctification process. Um, so none of us are immune from these seasons in life. Um, every person's got their struggle. And that sanctification process, you know, mourn with those who mourn when they mourn. You celebrate with those who are celebrating. We do this as a family. Um, that was, that's something that I believe, but sometimes I, I struggle with to believe it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think it's good to, you know, recognize that, you know, the people that are struggling are, it's a process and to, to try to push them out of that or force them out of that on your own time is, is, is selfish on, on your part too. So I know for me, looking back on it, you know, I wanted it the change to happen in the time frame that was comfortable for me, but that was, you know, selfish on, on my end. So best thing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, you know, best thing we could do is just support those that are going through it, you know, reach out to the resources here. And like pastor Tom said, don't be ashamed of them and, and be, be vulnerable, be transparent with people in the church so that we can, um, you know, grow the community and be able to, um, you know, be called to that community that is, is, is tight knit here because we're all founded in, in Christ here. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes for sharing the gospel in general. Mm -hmm. It's not our job to make someone walk mm -hmm. in their call. It's simply our job to share the gospel, walk it out, love them, support mm -hmm. them and let the Holy spirit do the rest. It's mm -hmm. it, he's mm -hmm. got to take, make the and seed take root for Kyla. Like, I just feel like there were so many times where we like, like thought this was your bottom, like this was the end. This you're gonna go to rehab. You're gonna do something like because there's so many times where she was in such a low place, and just having those conversations with her and praying with her and like having different, um, just reaching out to show her that we cared and that we wanted to see change. And that I think that it really came down to her making that decision right. for herself. Yeah. We couldn't force her to do right. it. She mm -hmm. had to make that decision on her own. Mm -hmm. And it was caused like it caused, we had to just be patient in the mm -hmm. waiting. And that was hard because we didn't know what the end was going to look like for mm -hmm. sure. And also, but still use opportunities with, with discernment as best as we could with God's discernment to, to bring up conversations yeah. and, um, and hopefully, I, I just believe looking back that it did impact her in some way, like mm -hmm. those conversations. Right. And so I don't feel like it was all for nothing. Like it was, I think that that it was all part of God's bigger plan. And some, Definitely. yeah. And some of the best um, advice we received in, from people in the field that, you know, we reached out to was that the person really has to make a decision themselves. You cannot make a decision like this for anybody yeah. unless Definitely. they're mm -hmm. at a place where they're so rock bottom or something has happened where they have just said, I need to change, uh, you can't change for them. And mm -hmm. so I think that was the other important factor right. that ties into what you just said, yeah. Ashley. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to, to wrap up. Thank you guys for joining me on the yeah. podcast today. Uh, we will have a new sermon series next week. I uh, believe so. But, yeah. um, anyway, wait. have a great week and uh, go Dolphins. Yeah, <laughs> up, baby. <laughs>